Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, a little mini episode for you guys here. Uh, with me today is Kyle Brown. How's it going, KB? Going well. All right. Uh, just to pull back the curtain and get a little inside baseball here, we were initially going to talk about this particular topic at the during our Spider-Man Homecoming thing, but we just we spent so much time talking about Spider-Man that we 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 just decided to spin this off into its own um, mini episode that we're gonna. Uh, do right now because god the (laughs) spider-man one was just so fucking long um it was basically you and i wanted to talk about netflix's glow which was just released i think uh from when we're recording this one week ago on a thursday or something basically friday june 23rd yeah june 23rd so it was a couple weeks ago it came out and uh we basically tore through it and i gotta say it's fucking brilliant it's it's absolutely like even if you're not a wrestling fan which i i'm i'm a wrestling fan from the attitude era i haven't really watched since like i would say 2006 i think the last thing i watched was rob van dam beat uh john cena in the old hammerstein ballroom at an ecw pay-per-view with the with the old school ecw crowds like throwing toilet paper at john cena (laughs) and i hated i hated john cena and and his whole just I, I know John John Cena now in in 2017 we all know he's a good guy and whatnot but, but like 10 years ago it was fucking unbearable for like hardcore wrestling fans like myself at the time I wouldn't consider myself anymore to to deal with that fucking horrible yeah. character I he mean, had the the last thing I think I seriously watched was Rage in the Cage between uh, Mankind and Undertaker, which was probably the pinnacle of wrestling. Oh, ever. when when he threw him after oh that like the Hell in a Cell when he threw him off oh, the yeah. top of the cage. Yeah, that oh, yeah. that was in, uh, the tax. Everyone's bleeding and his, looks super realistic. And one of man, one of mankind's just... teeth ended up in his nostril somehow. Like we oh, don't, yeah, we, yeah, we he, don't know how that was, happened. Uh, I I watched the documentary on it. And he's like. You all say it was smiling. I actually was trying to fit my tongue in between the hole that was in my lip and my, yeah. my chin, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, because well. there is that there is that iconic shot of him sitting in the in the corner, and he's like pulling it. It does look like he's just got this sadistic smile on his face, like he's enjoying everything, right? But yeah. but really, he was just like, no. <laughs> like, although he claimed, because yeah. I remember when Undertaker threw uh, McFoley off the top of the cell, it dislocated his shoulder. And, uh, but he claimed he, to this day, I remember reading his book. Cause I, I remember I read his autobiography for, uh, have a nice day for, because that's how big I was into it. I remember I, I plowed through that entire book. They asked me to read to kill a mockingbird, which was only like what a hundred pages. Couldn't do yeah. it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> and then mankind or like Mick Foley, like <laughs> put out a 700 page autobiography and I tore through it in two weeks or something <laughs> like that. And then did a project then did like my, my monthly reading project on that. And I remember reading that he said, uh, he, he'd never felt his dislocated shoulder. Cause like the rush of the crowd was just so, Oh yeah. Just it, gave him so I, much adrenaline. I'm pretty right? sure it's the best wrestling match in the history of wrestling. Yeah. And that's some consider I, that's that. when it's I checked there, yeah. out. So I think I went on a bit of a high. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I checked out somewhere around 2006 and like, I still kind of know what's going on now. Cause I enjoy listening to like other wrestling podcasts, but I don't 
watch. And quite frankly, if I wanted to get back in, there's just too much of it. Like, good lord. Like, when I watched, when I started watching wrestling, it was basically the Monday Night Wars were still going on. So it was basically we had two hours of Nitro and two hours of uh, Raw on Monday. Yeah. And then every four weeks there would be a pay per view for one of those. Yeah, I mean, two like back, promotions. back in our day, Spike was huge. Yeah. TNT, and they had their own thing and they showed a bunch of the other stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. NWO, WCW, WWE, I mean, was huge in our in our day, and it was there's so much stuff. And now it's a bit condensed now, so I think it, it might be a little bit easier to follow. Like well, I, Sting I, was Sting was huge when we were yeah. when we were younger, and he was uh, I think he was WCW NWO. Yeah, and then they had that huge clash and. Well, it's just that right now, it, like back then, it was like basically we had two hours of WCW, two hours of of WWF, and then after WCW folded, WWE added SmackDown on Thursdays, which they I think yeah. they taped on oh, a Tuesday, yeah, yeah, and then added it on a Thursday. So it was basically it became you had f- you had Raw on, on two hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown on Thursday, and then every four weeks there'd be a pay per view. Now. They do. So it's basically you had four hours, give or take a couple hours of, of wrestling a week. Now, Raw is three hours long from what I've been hearing. Oh, my God. Smackdown. Yeah, Smackdown is nearly three hours. They also have a show called 205 Live where they do the um, – basically, it's just the cruiserweights on Monday – on, like, Tuesday nights. So, like, all, all their, like, guys that are, you know, 205 pounds or less, hence why it's called 205 Live, they get their yeah. own segments and put on their own shows. So that's another two hours. And then on Saturdays or Fridays or Saturdays, they do NXT, which is basically their 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 AAA system, right? Where the guys are in development before they get called up to the big show. They do two hours of that. And then apparently every Sunday there's a fucking pay-per-view because SmackDown gets pay-per-views, Raw gets pay-per-views, the these this NXT thing gets pay-per-views. So basically there's yeah. like yeah, basically there's like fourteen hours of, of just WWE wrestling every week. And that's not including if you're a hardcore guy and you get into all the indie promotions and stuff, right? Oh, like man, like Ring of Honor and PWG and and Lucha Underground, which I've seen on uh on my gu- on my guide on show up on like TLN up the Latino network up here right and, and stuff like that it's just like good lord if I, if I wanted to get back into wrestling I couldn't do it because like I can't yeah. commit that much even with PVR these days I couldn't commit that much to yeah watching. you gotta condense it a little bit I mean it's basically like you choose to watch wrestling and nothing else apparently in <laughs> 2017 it's like do you watch Game of Thrones nope watch wrestling it's all I got time for <laughs> it's kind of what it feels like Oh man, but yeah, it's just insane because friggin' uh, like Glow came out, starring Allison Brie, who you and I have both loved. Is it? And she's, oh, she's been we've an, loved her since Community. Yeah, Community, because... and she's she's kind of an indie darling, like a, a, a cult darling as well. So for her to show up in a show like this, just absolutely, and she's excellent in this show. They're all absolutely. excellent. It's absolutely excellent. Mark Maron, it to me is like. I realize it's kind of stupid to call Mark Maron a breakout star, but he kind of is in this show in a way. Cause as as what was his name? His character's name Sam Sylvia, Sylvia, the director. But man, he was yeah, Sam Sylvia, fucking excellent. Like God damn it, Every, everyone was was absolutely. And did you ever watch these old clips of Glow? Because like Glow is real, by the way. Like the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. That that was like a late '80s promotion that happened. Did you ever watch any of that old stuff? I 
have not, to be honest. No. It's it's insane. They actually have the doc. If if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend the. Um, they basically did, there's a documentary that's an hour and a bit, and it's it's on Netflix right now. It's on Netflix up in Canada, so I assume it's it's on Netflix in the states. But it's if you type in Glow, you'll get the Netflix thing. Like if you type it into Netflix, you'll get the the new Allison Bree show that was just released and the documentary explaining Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. I highly recommend watching this new series first, and if you're not familiar with it, and then watch the documentary because you'll get uh, like all of a sudden you'll get all of the awesome references that they were making. Like basically, like all of the characters that they made that they created for this Glow show are based off of old characters like Allison Bree's character Zoya the, the destroyer which is the uh the ultra communist uh you know and- just russian stereotype character that was their main there was a main bad guy like the the one girl played that character and that was their main bad bad girl character called uh oh i forget what she was called in the old, it was like uh oh super russian it was like Nino chick or something like that, but <laughs> but that but it was literally the the character that Allison Bree is playing in that in in the show is is ba- based on Colonel, on that Colonel Ninchoka Ninchoka yeah Ninochka that was it Colonel Ninochka and uh, yeah and and that was that was what it is I assume you pulled that from the net but uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like man that was f- like I saw that and I was like oh my god that's fucking brilliant and like Betty Gilpin playing. Uh, Liberty Bell is like the ultra American, uh, uh, you know, counterpart to 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 be basically the, Hulk yeah. Hogan. Basically, yeah, being their Hulk Hogan. Well, also, uh, the main character was called like T- like the main like the John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin main babyface of Wow, I believe was Tina Ferrari. Uh, that was the character name, but it was played by the woman. I believe her real life name is Lisa Moretti. She was Ivory in the WWE in the Attitude Era, if you if you remember her. But yeah, so she wrestled in Glow in the late '80s, and then eventually made it to the WWE in the the early 2000s and and whatnot. And uh, man, just some of the characters like uh, Kate Nash, I know, played the uh, the British girl, and he, she named her character Britannica. And she was based off of friggin' uh, Godiva, who was one of the uh, Godiva. And you remember there was a great line in one of the episodes where Kate, Kate Nash is like sleeping with, because she's sleeping with the, her character, sleeping with the director in the show, and and she turns yeah. to Mark Man. I should say spoiler alert because we're gonna spoil a little bit of of Glow because we're we're trying to hype up the series and and get people <laughs> to watch it because I I, I want to ideally I think Glow should run for four years, four seasons based on. Because real life, the promotion lasted four years, and then, um, basically had their like they could have kept going because the high the uh, the the ratings for it were there, but they had their funding cut. Because basically, in in yeah. real life, what happened was Glow started out as this basically kind of the way it does in the show, where it's they've got a director. I don't remember the director's name in real life who they based the Sam Silva character off of, but it was kind of this guy who who has directed some. You know, like black exploitation flicks and stuff in the uh, in the seventies, and in this case, the Sam Sylvia character directs like horror schlock films, right? Yeah. And 
he's like, oh, I got a, I got an idea for my next project, and the only way I can get to it is to do this glow passion project for my money man, who was played by Chris Lowell, who was playing Sebastian Bash Howard, who was, and he was probably, he was fucking excellent in this series as well, Chris Lowell. Little tidbit, he was Piz in um, Veronica Mars. Yeah, yes, he was absolutely. He he was so fucking just. The he scenes was excellent, were, absolutely yeah. excellent. My f- he's he is what wrestling podcast fans are basically this, yeah this he's, he's the ultra the, fan he wants boy. to do yeah. his own wrestling bit he wants sexy women he yeah. wants to do it but he wants to do it legit he wants mm-hmm. he wants to be wwf but yeah. with women he's and the then, he's the rich guy who has too much time on his hand and is the wrestling fanboy and oh, has money to get it off the ground but i love the episode he would disappear for like two episodes at a time and then come back and he would just be like coked out of his mind and, and oh, like yeah. just it was just so fun. like he'd be like all right he would, he would be like they hadn't <laughs> seen him in two days and he would come out for a meeting and they would like have to pitch the meeting to whatever network they were on and he would be like all right let's do it <laughs> right so so yeah in real life that's basically kind of how glow started was there there was their they had their money man but then after the first season after it took off they eventually and, like, the whole thing about them, because in the show, all the girls live out, like, they basically are forcing them to live in this shitty motel. They they actually did, like, the girls actually did that. Like, if you watch the documentary on that, they talk about doing that and uh, and and whatnot and, and how they all lived in the same hotel room. And, like, basically all the heels had to live on the same side of the hotel room and all the faces had to live on the other side of the hotel room and stuff like that is... <laughs> Is great. So yeah. So all the characters in this book or in this show are living in this like shitty rundown. Like, you know, you can pay like here's ten bucks for one hour, right? And then you you go do your sinful business and then leave, right? <laughs> Type motel. Yeah. And God, it, it it's just and like so basically they did that and then Glow in real life eventually got to. Um, it, it, where it was filmed in the Riviera in Las Vegas, right? They eventually moved it, I think, from L.A. to Las Vegas because this one of the casino moguls, one of the guys who owned the Riviera, I don't know who off the top of my dome, um, you know, saw something in this and eventually moved it to the Riviera. And and you, you can tell if if I guess if you watch Glow from like year one to year two, there's a significant uptick in the amount of production they got. And that was because they had a casino owner basically backing them, right? Instead of just some trust fund baby. And yeah. eventually, they just stopped. Like, the ratings were still good, and they just had the funding cut. And no one knows why. And everyone in the documentary, if you watch the documentary, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling documentary, all the ladies uh, suggested that the most likely scenario was, but again, this is not gospel, was that the guy who owned the Riviera was fooling around with some of the... Uh, fooling around with some of the female wrestlers and his wife basically said, okay, you got to stop this, right? Like you're, you're going to stop your funding for the, uh, yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. For it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you connect the dots, it makes sense, but I, I don't, again, I don't want to say sit on this little podcast that I own here and claim that and say, this is what exactly what happened def- definitively, right? Like, <laughs> hey, it, Sean it, Hannity it, can do it. You it, can do it. Too, true. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, so, Ideally, given that that's the story, I think here's what I would like to see. Because the first season was basically them trying to get it off the ground, right? 
and then somewhat and, succeeding towards the end, leading up to their yeah. their, their debut show. It's, it's right? got a, it's got a cliffhanger ending. You don't know yeah. what happens after that, but it it seems like they did a good job. Yeah, so it's self contained in that if this is the only series of season of Glow that we get, which I don't think we will, because it it seems to be getting a lot of lot of it's an internet darling right now. Yeah. Um, uh, so I imagine we'll get at least a second season. Uh, ideally, I think this show runs four seasons because the first season to me is about them trying to get it off the ground, right? Yeah. And then the second season, ideally, I think would be them getting a taste of success, but not a lot. And then at the end, they get moved. They they get the the contract to get it moved to um the the Riviera or whatever made up casino they want to put it in, right? And then you can have yeah. you can bring in the character of the guy who owns the casino. And then season three, ideally, I think would be like the so it's kind of like the Rocky franchise a little bit because it would season three would be like Rocky three because remember Rocky three was like Rocky had the taste had had the had the taste of success and he's living in his giant mansion but like Clubber Lang was in the streets and stuff right and and Rocky you know was was forgetting his roots and was getting a little soft right and didn't have that edge that Clubber Lang had which is. Yeah. Why he lost the fight, the first fight, and also because Mickey died like moments before he was to step in the <laughs> ring, and that also messed with him. But uh, yeah, so season three would be about them at probably at the peak of their success, and then all of the stuff that comes with it. You know, where like maybe a couple of the girls, you know, get in drugs and stuff like that. Yeah, and, they br- and, you they know. break off because they think they're bigger than the yeah, show. Exactly, and... stuff like that. You do you do that whole thing, and then the fourth one is about you know, the show coming to an end much like it did in real life and their, their funding being cut and then all of them trying to keep it together, you know, d- trying to do whatever they can to keep it together. But, yeah. event- but it, you know, it eventually just has to end. So ideally, yeah. I think that's how I would run this series. Four seasons for the four years that existed with, with actual glow. But it was just like watching this show because not only are the performances top to bottom fucking excellent, but even like the minor characters and stuff that you get to meet all just have their own personalities and stuff, which coincides with actual wrestling where like even the mid card and low card guys are given their yeah, character. And right? even, even like you've got the, the subtle storylines of the, uh, the Indian, uh, actress who, uh, they make her play Sumita the terrorist Mani. character. Yeah. They, she plays a terrorist type character. The and mad bomber or something they call it. Yeah. And that was um, what they did in Glow in the '80s, because like they had the like like we mentioned uh, Colonel Nino Chika or Nino Choga or however again I'm not <laughs> worst at pronouncing names. Ninochka. Uh, Ninochka, and uh, she like because that Glow was that it was like all of their characters were like the worst. Uh, you know, Glow just wasn't like that because the WWE also had the Iron Sheik and you know yeah. like and Nikolai Volkov and stuff. And even now they're still doing crap like. Uh, because I know the guy who is the W or is like the SmackDown champion right now is um, his character name is Jinder Mahal, so he's obviously Indian, right? And yeah. they're still in 2017 doing the like gentrification, get out of my country type thing, or he's like, I'm India's champion and stuff like that. Apparently, yeah, it, and... it's it, it. Wrestling has a base that it will never. Yeah, like it. It, it seems like it'll snap. never be able to escape that gentrification thing, yeah. right? Where the even though I'm pretty sure, I like don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain Jinder Mahal is like a dude from Calgary, right? Like yeah, who just I, happens to be yeah. Indian, right? It's, 
<laughs> and it's like, but like the, his character out there is like, I am, you know, I have the well, well, weight yeah, of a, well, that's, that's, one that's billion people cheering for me back home, right? <laughs> like, you know, like... and and that that speaks to the series too because yeah. you've got that the terrorist character on this series. She doesn't have an accent. She's definitely a yeah. second or third generation American. Yeah. It's same with uh, Knife Show. I mean, Ellen Wong. Yeah, Ellen plays... Wong's playing fortune, fortune cookie, <laughs> yeah. right? And they make her come out in like the the Chinese garb with the yeah. the Raiden hat and whatnot. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. For... And it's it plays to your nostalgia wrestling eighties nineties yeah. kind of that's what it was good yeah. guy bad guy feel. And if you're if you've ever been a wrestling fan, you'll notice all of the things that. The storylines and the characters, and but below that, mm-hmm. I think we'll get into in a little bit is the actual meat of the show, which is absolutely outstanding. Oh yeah, like just the the it, just the interactions of like Betty Gilpin, I think is man, like she they asked her, like she pulled off, they gave her a tough, tough assignment with this, this, the Debbie Liberty Bell character and the way she has to interact with Alison Brie, who's the main character of the fucking show that we're supposed to be rooting for the entire time, even though she's technically not a great human being and did betray her friend early in the series. <laughs> and, but like, the way they had Betty Gilpin, like they asked so much of her to straddle this fine line of, between love and hatred yeah, this, is just this, yeah, and 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 they were asking her to just like man, it was fucking excellent her performance in this show, man. Like just Absolutely. like at, like just like yeah, and like friggin' I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, Sidel or Sidel Noel as as Cherry Bang. She yeah. was excellent in every fucking scene, and and uh, <laughs> oh god, what's her face who. Uh, Jackie Tan, who was playing um, uh, Melanie Rose, Melanie Rosen, who they called Melrose, whose character was supposed to be like her glow character was supposed to be a ripoff of, uh, or not the ripoff, or an homage to uh, Hollywood, because her her thing, she's like I'm the party girl, right? And yeah, Glow yeah. had that character, and the character name was Hollywood. And uh, I was mentioned earlier, but I, I got off track. But there was the line where Kate Nash uh, is talking about being Britannica, and she's yep. like the the super smart British woman. And named herself Britannica because of uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. And she has the one line because she's sleeping with the director and she's talking to the director about how I want to, you know, I want to come to the ring on a horse. And the character that her character is based on was Godiva (laughs) and and in the actual glow in the 80s. And she rode a horse to the, like, that was her entrance. (laughs) She would ride a horse to the ring and it was like, oh my God. Like, so like that, so it, it, it really knows it's wrestling roots and, and makes those deep, deep cuts like that. And it's like, man, like, and you pick up those, those subtle little things like, uh, uh, what was it? Brittany young was playing, uh, uh, Carmen and they named her character, uh, Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu, which was a reference to, uh, Mount mountain Fuji, like mountain Fuji was the big, uh, glow character that she's based on. And, uh, her brother, her, her, she had like, and her character, she comes from the wrestling family. Her father was a wrestler, and her two brothers are both wrestlers. And the character who played her, uh, her two brothers, the guy who played her dad, I don't know if he's a wrestler. I didn't recognize him, but the guys who played her brothers were absolutely wrestlers. Like uh, the one dude with the bald head was uh, 
Brodus Clay, who was the Funkasaurus, <laughs> and uh, her other brother was fucking Carlito, uh, who has. I'm gonna veer off topic here. Carlito has one of my all-time favorite wrestling moments, and I know that this scene is on YouTube in its entirety, uh, where. He made his debut match in WWE. He won, like, the United States title in his debut match, which I thought was weird because whenever a guy makes his debut match, you have to win, right? Because, like, you can't do these... If you're trying to build a character in in, in wrestling, you can't do all these, like, you know, like, he's coming previews, right? Where this guy does all these, like, uh, vignettes where it's, like... I'm coming to the WWE and I'm going to destroy it. It's going to be my world when I get there, right? Yeah, and, and, and then lose immediately. And then lose immediately. Yeah, yeah, and then lose immediately. You cannot lose in your debut match when you've had vignettes because it just doesn't, like, like you don't look strong or like a character, right? Like, it's just... So, I remember... And this is when... Because John Cena has basically had two characters throughout his career. One is, like basically Hulk Hogan 2.0 where he's John Cena, Mr. America and I do television shows with the troops and I star in the Marine in in bad WWE produced movies called the Marine and I'm basically I'm Captain America John Cena, right? His original character that he gained popularity with was fucking terrible because he was the doctor of thugonomics, right? And he came out there and in the, he was basically a white dude pretending to be black and he came out there in his jorts and he would wear, uh, you know, a jer- whatever city they happened to be in at the time, he would wear a jersey. For... Didn't he have, like, the gold chains and he all that other stuff, too? He didn't have a gold chain, but he wore, like, a, he wore a chain, but it, it was just, like, a, it had, like, a lock, like, an actual, like, like, oh, de- yeah, like yeah, deadbolt yeah, lock, lock on it or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, yeah, he did that. But he was the doctor of thug- thugonomics, and he would come out, and he would rap badly, and he would claim that he was doing freestyles, but really it was just shit that the writers had written for him, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. an hour earlier. And it, it's just, and it's just, the whole character was rooted, basically. I hated it because the whole character was basically rooted in, in racism, right? Because he was, like, the white dude who was rapping badly and pretending to be black and it was just yeah like fucking yeah, yeah. it was like, fucking stupid so i i hated that john Cena character the doctor of thugonomics and i remember he basically had this like five month long uh feud with booker t over the united states title where they faced each other for like i swear to god it was like four or five straight pay-per-views and cena would just never quite beat booker t and then finally after five long months in some great matches, I remember. Uh, he beat Booker T and won the United States title. And he got to come out on SmackDown in Boston. And he's from Boston because I'm pretty sure he's from Massachusetts, right? And he got to come out there in the Red Sox jersey with the fucking jorts on. And the, Jordan, oh, yeah, and the Jordans that. with the fucking pump from the 90s where you would actually, like, pump them up and stuff. It was God, it was so lame. And, <laughs> God, the people just ate it up. It was so annoying. And he came out there, he was in Boston, he had finally just won this United States title, and he did this whole, he was there and he was badly rapping, and the crowd was just eating it up because he was in his hometown, and I remember I was watching it going, God, I hate this. And then Carlito came out, made his first debut match, and challenged him for the title. And I was, you know, a smart enough wrestling fan to realize that I'm like, okay, is Carlito going to win the United States title in his first match? Because you can't you can't lose your first match. It doesn't... Because like, like we mentioned earlier, it doesn't work like that. But you can't have John Cena who just 
is your guy who you're grooming to be the future of the of the franchise drop a title to it to a dude in his debut match right so i figured yeah. they're, they're gonna do something where there's like a chicanerous ending where the title ends up not changing hands but like i figured carlito was just at the end just gonna get himself disqualified and just beat up cena but didn't win the title but like left cena in the ring as a bloody mess right and then walked away like oh i'm the guy <laughs> but like he and, and he did end up cheating because, you know, he's a bad guy. So basically when the ref wasn't looking, I remember he grabbed the chain and clocked Cena with it and then pinned him and won the title. And it was one of those moments. And the scene is on YouTube and I highly recommend it for a wrestling <laughs> fan because it's great. Because, like, the second scene, it was one of those moments where everyone in the arena was so disappointed at what just happened that they weren't even booing. It was just like dead silence, <laughs> as and like to the point where like you could hear like like they were just like wow that really happened. So it's just I just love the crowd reaction of the crowd just going like oh my god John Cena just lost the title to a guy making his debut match and Carlito who was in the show did the thing where he was like you know he made he like John Cena was knocked because he like he grabbed that chain we were talking about knocked Cena with it pinned him and then was like. You know, putting he like forced the referee to put the belt around his waist and then raise his hand. And there, there's a guy dressed like he looks like Brett Michaels in the front row. And when Cena got pinned, he did like the up yours motion and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, this guy's like 50 years old, and he's just like he's reacting as if like the Red Sox did just lose the World Series. It's great if you're a wrestling fan. I highly recommend. Like, just type in, like, Carlito's debut onto YouTube and watch just... The moment when he knocks John Cena out with the thing and then pins him is great. Because it's just, it's just funny to watch an entire stadium of people just fall silent at what they're watching. And, <laughs> and just be so shocked that they don't even want to boo. It was fucking... It's, it's great. It's absolutely great. One of my favorite moments ever. And then when I saw him, I was like, I gotta look that up. Is that on YouTube? Right? Like, <laughs> few other uh like uh john morrison played the uh the trainer in the first episode uh brooke hogan was in it i forget who brooke hogan played oh she was the uh when they were trying to find the venue for their uh for for their for their event she was the yeah. woman who who owned the nightclub that they didn't end up going to but uh but yeah she she was the one trying to sell them so that was kind of so yeah hulk hogan's daughter was 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 in it as well i mean it's you don't even have to because like I'm I'm gonna try to get my wife because my wife's a giant Allison Brie fan but she knows nothing of wrestling right but <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna talk her into watching this one because it's just it's I mean it's great for the females too because it's a great like it's 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 90% females yes there are like Mark Maron's excellent and so is is Chris Lowell and they're in it and and whenever they're on screen they're both electric but it at, at the heart it is it's about the ladies and this camaraderie that the ladies have right it, it, it definitely is. You get a lot of story. Like, there's a lot of non-wrestling storylines that are yeah. really, really good. And, like, the whole Alison Brie character storyline is about how she can't get an, an acting gig because mm-hmm. she isn't the generic Betty Gil- Gilpin, Debbie Egan's dumb blonde kind mm-hmm. of character. And then you've got the other storylines of... Um, Cherry Bang, who's the stunt woman, mm-hmm. and who can't get a leading role because she's pegged as the stunt woman. Yeah, going on and like it's it's a very well done. Like we're both former wrestling fans who love mm-hmm. the wrestling motif at the base of the movie, but there's so many other storylines yeah. that are 
Like you can sell like, people. Like I know I'm gonna be able to like this. I know the second my wife watches this, even with the the, the wrestling stuff, which she is just absolutely not into. Like never watched wrestling. I know she's gonna be into this series. Like I just I absolutely know it because like there's there's enough like because a it's just women centric, so she'll be able to get behind some of the women characters in in this and 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 root them on. And b it's just like it's it's just a great fucking series and it shows like the camaraderie of females because there's a really great episode where Ellen Wong finds out that. Sheila the She-Wolf, the, the, the Gail Raken character, who's like the most outcasty of the of the women in this group because her character, Sheila the She-Wolf, is not her wrestling persona. That's how she is in real life. That, like yeah, she, that's, she that's showed up. how she sees herself. Yeah, exactly. So, like, she showed up for the audition dressed as the She-Wolf, and everyone just thought it was her being, you know, trying to show initiative and be a character but no, it's like no. She's like this is this is me, and you get that really good moment where because she has to room with Allison Brie at the beginning of the series, and and you get like and like each girl kind of gets their episode, right? Because like at, like it centers around Allison basically, like the main characters are basically Allison Brie, Allison Brie, Betty Gilpin, Mark Maron, Mark Maron are yeah. kind of the three. But then there's so many of the other girls, and actually I would say um, the Cherry Bang character is a main character as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and then the rest of the girls, they all get their moment, though. Like, they all get their moment, and they all kind of get their episode. And, and like I said, there was a really good one where, like, the Ellen Wong character finds out that it's Sheila the She-Wolf's birthday. And they she decides she's like – she tells the story about how she's like, well, my family, we never got to celebrate birthdays. So when I find out, like, other people have birthdays, I go completely out. And, and she just does this, this – like, all these insane little things for – for the she-wolf's birthday like figuring out her age and wolf years and putting it on her birthday cake and and yeah, it's just absolutely it's cute yeah it's and just, i mean it, it it harkens to the first season of orange is the new black where you have the main few characters but you also have all these side characters that are interesting that get their own little side side piece telling you the backstory of all these characters kind of and they develop all the characters really well, kind of like the first season of Orange is the New Black. And I feel like every character I'm invested in, I want to feel... You want to know more about all of them. Where they're, yeah. going, where they're going, and I like it. I like that. And, I mean, it's a woman-centric show, which is rare, which is like similar to Orange is the New Black, and it takes steps that other shows haven't we talked about over text message about how the makeup even yeah and the setting it's gritty they they show up to practice without makeup on and it looks like they're not wearing makeup and like it looks like they're getting down to gritty business they look like real women they look like real women they look like what your wife your girlfriend your mother your sister looks like when they wake up go to the gym or go do their morning routine it's not this glamorized push-up bra super makeup slathered on kind of deal and it it's real it's a real look into the struggles of women who want to try and do what men are doing especially it, in the 80s too when it, like it's, it's obviously set in the 80s right the 80s. Yeah. absolutely and like all the majority of these women are powerful, strong characters 
and it's it's new and it's refreshing. It's it's good to see. Yeah, it's it's yeah. You you summed it up, man. Like like it's it's, it's all I can say is like this. It, it's an absolute ten out of ten for me. This first season of Glow, absolute ten out of ten. I think they knocked it out of the park, top to bottom. And I mean, if stylistically you're the... fucking beautiful, performance wise, everyone's at fucking eleven and and just throwing heat. It's it's fantastic. Plotline wise, they even throw you a couple. I won't spoil twists and turns because like we 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 spoiled a couple things, but there's a couple twists that happen throughout the show that oh, that, yeah. that you don't necessarily see coming right away and and but fit and explain some of the actions of the characters in earlier episodes and then the second you get that twist you're like oh okay right like and it's just there's a few moments where you're like oh my god oh no yeah and you're like what's gonna happen and what you think normally happens in that situation you're just like i can't believe they just went in in an entirely different direction and the chemistry between Mark Maron and Alison Brie mm-hmm. oh. as characters and as an actor and actress mm-hmm. is outstanding. Yeah, because there's scenes where he's just where the two of them are just like driving around, like he has to drive her somewhere, and it's yeah. just the two of them. And every one of those scenes is just fucking it's, golden. It's amazing. Just absolutely, yeah. Just performance-wise, from everybody, top to bottom, is great. And like this is it, a, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll absolutely love this show. And and even if you're not a wrestling fan, you should absolutely watch the show. Like like I was trying to say earlier, I just like I'll be able to sell my wife on this show. She'll she'll I know she'll love this show once once yeah. I actually sit her down and get her to watch it because like it's just just so many powerful rich female performances in 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 this show that I know it'll it'll get her hooked and it's and just... uh, the very the final episode is very cliche wrestling yeah but they set it up they set it up in but a they way earned it that like they earned not, that yeah. The, the, they set it up in a way that you're not expecting it because in normal mainstream media kind of mm-hmm. situation they set up for you. And then they take a little bit of a left turn where wrestling fans are like, oh my god, that's 100% wrestling. Yeah. But mainstream media, um, regular Netflix fans will be thrown for a loop. And mm-hmm. it's it speaks to wrestling fans and it speaks to mainstream media fans. It, it, it culminates a great balance and amazing performances between characters and storylines. And it just, it balances very well. And I was really appreciative of it. Yeah. And I, last thing I'll say, and then, then we'll get out of here is the music and you know me KB, I am absolutely a staunch lover slash defender of late 80s cheese music <laughs> and man did they bring the heat in this in this movie we, op- we we've talked before yeah. iron fist podcast i'm yeah. sure you talked about it in the the luke cage podcast yeah music makes a series absolutely and they did music. a fantastic yeah. like job. opened it right with the right off the bat they give you the opening credits set to the warrior by scandal and you know Fantastic. you get you get everything that it's about and the entire time i will say this the entire time i'm like so we're watching the, I'm, i was like i remember somewhere around like episode six you know we've been hit with the go-go's we've been hit with patty labelle we heard scandal i think we heard the you know there's, there was some billy joel some some jetsons was played and whatnot <laughs> yeah. and i was just sitting there going at some point we got to hear some like this is this is a a a, a wrestling show about females powerful female women set in the 80s 
at some point we got to hear some Benatar, right? Yeah. And absolutely. they saved Invincible by Pat Benatar for literally the last scene of the first season. And when it hit, I was just like, honestly, I nearly rolled a tear because I was just like, that is so <laughs> like I was waiting for the Benatar to show up. Like I was waiting for Love is a Battlefield or Hit Me with Your Best Shot or something, and yeah. they they dropped Invincible right on your face at the at the at the end of the. The, the the very last scene of the first season and I was just like yeah. fucking brilliant like just I want everybody like directors writers everything like EPs just P's whatever everybody I want everybody together for like four years on this show I don't want any comings and yeah. goings because this first season is a fucking masterpiece and I want and there's, three there's more. a lot of twists and turns that yeah. even I didn't see coming there's a lot like the development, the, the characters, the situations, like there's a few situations where it's obvious what the situation is, but the character's reaction you don't really see from a mainstream point. And it's it hits a lot of tough issues and it yeah. it does a very good job of you know, explaining the character's thought process on why they're going to do this and why they do it. And it, it hits home pretty hard on, on a lot of occasions. Yeah. It's just fucking excellent. 10 out of 10 first from Matt Pierce. And I, I don't give out 10 out of 10s lightly. Um, uh, you mentioned Iron Fist. If you listen to my Iron Fist pod, <laughs> like, like, you know I don't. Yeah, I don't just come on here to. to well, the, to blow the, the shows, thing, the but, thing, yeah. the thing about Iron Fist is, you watch Luke Cage, and the biggest selling point on Luke Cage is the soundtrack. Yeah. And when when we started watching uh, Iron Fist, it comes out with so fresh and so clean. You're like, yeah. all right, we're gonna get some nineties grooves in here. It's gonna be great. Never played another and tune for the rest revisited. of the series. But in this, yeah. in this series. They start out with the 80s grooves, and it's a all yep. 80s grooves all throughout. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I like it. I yeah, and it. you're like, if yeah, you're... oh, there's Tears for Fears. Oh, there's Rose Royce. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's Queen if, and Bowie, go, right? Yeah. If, <laughs> if you're a music lover, if yeah. you're a lover of wrestling, if you're just a lover of good yeah. drama, this is a good show for a very eclectic yeah. audience. And it, I mean, even if you're a misogynist douchebag, you get to see Alison Bree's tits. So what's... Yeah, you got that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, so there is that. Yeah. It's out there. Uh, all this great, all this great stuff we've been saying and you ruin it at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, just fantastic show. And it's, it's only 10 episodes. So it's, and they're not uh, hour long episodes. They're usually between if, like 30 and 40. Right. So if, it's not. If you're a Netflix subscriber and yeah. you don't sit down and at least watch a few episodes yeah. to see what this is about you're doing yourself a disservice yeah you are absolutely absolutely and and like i said they're not like the the marvel shows which they give you 13 of and usually you probably only need like seven and yeah they're it's all, too much this is yeah. this culminate you want more of this show at yeah the end. You exactly absolutely do. yeah like yeah absolutely i i completely agree and like i said and they're easy watches too because they're only like 30 40 minutes per episode so they and they don't waste time there's not there's not no there's this, very very little filler very little downtime very little pop. downtime yeah i absolutely love it excellent series glow 10 out of 10 from the crossover podcast so that's it for our season one glow mini review it was supposed to be many. kevin we miller went, watch the show yeah we, we went a, <laughs> went a little longer on us so that's it for me kb and i'll get out of here and uh we'll, we'll release this podcast when we release this pod 
But uh, yeah, that'll be it. Uh, who knows what's coming up next? Because I don't know when I'm going to release this pod. But yeah, Glow highly recommended by the crossover podcast. Up next is Blue Jays World Series victory. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is post-dated pod. <laughs> All, right. All right, take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on the crossover podcast.